Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. This is the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today. But first, a quick chat about goal setting. Goal setting is one of the most important aspects to achieving anything in life. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. I'd like to invite you to join me for three days on the Mexican Riviera for an intensive goal setting retreat so that you start your 2020 with energy, purpose, focus, and momentum. The annual goal setting retreat will take place over the first weekend in December on the beautiful Mexican Riviera. Registration is now open. You can register directly at victorjm.com events. That's victorjm.com events. Or send an email to goals at victorjm.com. That's goals at victorjm.com. We keep these retreats small and intimate. This event will sell out. Send an email to goals at victorjm.com. We're back here on the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today, coming to you live from Lorient in France. A number of our listeners have asked what it's like living aboard a sailboat. And we have been spending an extended period of time on board. We've, in fact, been living on board a sailboat for the past two months here in France. So on today's show, we're going to take you on a mini walking tour of what it means to live on board a sailboat. We're on board an 11-meter, 36-foot sailboat. She's a sloop rig, which means there's a single mast and two sails. The main sail is supported on a large aluminum boom that extends back from the mast, and a second sail is in the fore triangle at the front of the boat. All of the most important control lines are routed through turning blocks to a bank of rope clutches in the cockpit. That means you rarely need to leave the safety of the cockpit when you're at sea. Everything can be controlled from a single location. In the cockpit, we've got a large steering wheel and a rich array of instruments. We've got a depth sounder, wind speed, wind direction, and an electronic chart plotter. The chart plotter has all of the marine charts for Western Europe preloaded, and it uses the built-in GPS to track our location and provide guidance and provide guidance to our destination when we're underway. The last major item is the autopilot. With this system, with the push of a single button, you can tell the boat to maintain its current heading, and it does. We have a rigid dodger protecting the cockpit and a canvas bimini above the cockpit overhead, so on stormy days like the past few days, we stay dry and protected from wind, rain, and waves in the cockpit. In Europe, there are very few places that are suitable for anchoring, so it's much more common to spend the night in a marina. When you do go in as a visitor to a port, there are often mooring balls, and they typically raft together dozens of boats on a single mooring ball. There's typically two mooring balls, one tied at the bow, one at the stern, and then the boats get rafted together. It's pretty common to have 60 or even 100 boats all rafted together in one massive crush of boats. When you come into a new port, there are folks in small inflatable boats, and they're there to show you the way to the best place to moor your boat. They will even grab your dock lines and slip them through the ring on the mooring ball. Once the boat is secured, the easiest way to get to shore is to launch your own tender, that is your own inflatable dinghy and either use an outboard motor or row to shore with a couple of paddles. Hopefully you don't have too far to go. The small villages in the islands off the coast of France are the most charming places on earth. There are lovely waterfront cafes, bakeries and gift shops, and places where you can rent a bicycle to tour the islands. Life in the small towns either centers around the port or the central market square. This is where we go to all the local markets and provision for the next few days. The local organically grown produce is some of the best that we've ever found. When we're back on board, there's a few things we have to be pretty mindful of. There are scarce resources, specifically electricity and water, so we have to be pretty conservative in our use of those two. Our main consumption for electricity is refrigeration. 
we've got a couple of massive house batteries that give us several days of power without having to connect to shore power. To supplement shore power, we also have a beautiful solar panel that keeps the batteries pretty well topped up, unless it's a really cloudy day. We can store about a week worth of fresh water on board, as long as we're fairly conservative and we're not taking long showers. Inside the boat we have three large spacious cabins. The main saloon that you come into coming down from the cockpit has a huge dining table that can easily seat eight people. It folds down so you can easily walk past it to the other cabins. Starting at the very front of the boat at the bow we have what's called the V-berth. This is a triangular shaped cabin mirroring the shape of the hull. All of the cabins have full standing headroom down below and that cabin can comfortably sleep two people. Back in the main saloon is also the navigation table. This is the desk where we store all of the maps, charts, and guidebooks of the local area. Next to the nav table is an instrument panel where we have our radar, a secondary chart plotter, the VHF radio, and the entertainment system for the boat. There's also a large control panel where we control all of the electric functions on board the boat. Opposite the nav table, we've got the galley. This is where we have a two-burner stove with an oven. It runs on gas, and we maintain two cylinders on board they could be either propane or butane. It's actually fairly common in Europe for them to use butane instead of propane. Next to that is the sink, and as you go further aft, you go to the fridge. Now, the fridge on a boat is not like a fridge you would find at home. Think of two large ice chests that are built into the cabinetry that open from above. There's a refrigeration unit on the inside, so things stay nice and cool as long as you still have battery power. As we keep going further aft, we get to the main owner's cabin. This is a big spacious cabin with full standing headroom and a queen size bed. Comfort on board was important to us so we replaced the original manufacturer's bed with the latest technology and foam mattresses. We cut the mattress specifically to fit the shape of the cabin and then sent the mattress off to a sailmaker who completed the finishing of the mattress cover. And completing the picture on board is the bathroom. We have a full shower, sink and toilet, but in coastal regions it's forbidden to discharge your black water overboard. So when we're in a marina, we go and use the bathroom on shore. Things that we take for granted on shore, like going to the bathroom, might take a couple of minutes, is a much longer process. It could be several hundred yards to get to the bathroom from your boat on shore. Most things on board take a lot longer than when you're living on land. Even simple things like doing laundry or going grocery shopping takes a lot longer than we're used to at home. We have a hot water heater on board, and it's connected to shore power. So unless we are connected to shore power, we don't necessarily have hot water unless there's residual heat from the day before. Adding a solar water heater is definitely a future upgrade. Internet connectivity is much more sporadic when you're out on the water than it would be based on land. Some ports have Wi-Fi connections, others don't. In that case, you're tethering to the network via your cell phone. Even producing this show from on board has been much more time consuming because of the lack of internet connectivity. When you're living on board a boat, you don't bring a lot of personal belongings with you. The storage is very limited, and the storage spaces are quite small. That's done very intentionally. When you're underway at sea, you don't want a large cavernous storage space for things to fly around in. So things are stored in small spaces. All of the shelves have a nice tall lip on the very front of them, and even the bookcase has a shock cord keeping the books firmly in the bookshelf. There are some truly magical things about living on board a sailboat. Number one, waking up in the morning, watching the sun come up over the water. It's truly a magical experience. The wonderment of coming into a beautiful new port that you haven't visited before is also an amazing experience. And if you're an avid sailor like I am, being out at sea, experiencing the wind and the waves is also part of the fun as well. In the right wind conditions, with the right wave motion, the boat gets in a groove, and it's just like a magical experience. Other days, the sea is a little bit confused and 
not necessarily working in your favor. At that point, it can be a lumpy, rolly, uncomfortable ride. That, too, is an exercise in figuring out what's the perfect sail trim in order to restore a much more sea-kindly motion. So that, folks, is a little snapshot of what it's like living on board a sailboat. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.